Welcome to the Equine Veterinary Journal Podcasts On The Hoof. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Equine Veterinary Journal's On The Hoof Podcasts, in which we aim to summarise a selection of accepted early view articles that are awaiting print. Today, we focus on a paper accepted in August 2019 that attempted to quantify how successful the non-surgical and surgical approaches are in managing metacarpo and metatarsophalangeal joint dorsal chip fractures in the thoroughbred racehorse. The authors were veterinary surgeon Peter Ramsen and veterinary epidemiologist Claire Wiley, who work out of Rossdale's and Newmarket and the University of Sydney's Veterinary School, respectively. A link to this paper is provided for you to use for your own research. Osteochondral chip fractures of the dorsal eminence of the proximal phalanx are well recognised in the thoroughbred racehorse. Diagnosis is usually relatively straightforward, with radiography and or ultrasonography having a high sensitivity and specificity. Routinely, these cases are treated by arthroscopic surgery to remove the osteochondral fragment and prevent ongoing inflammatory mediator release in a high motion joint. This has a reported success rate of 73 to 89% in the literature, and current consensus in the veterinary field is that this approach provides the best chance of long-term soundness. However, these studies are all derived from second opinion referral surgical caseloads, and in a routine first opinion setting, many of these injuries have to be managed non-surgically due to a variety of economic, horse, owner and trainer pressures. Currently, there is no quantitative data for this latter approach, and no study has attempted to compare the outcomes of surgical versus non-surgical management of fetlock chip fractures in racehorses. The authors of this paper therefore aim to address this gap in the literature and improve the evidence base when deciding on an approach to the management of these cases in a field setting. This was done using a retrospective observational study of one large veterinary hospital's first opinion caseload. A cohort of 98 horses were included from 32 racehorse trainers and 11 clinicians from the Rossdale's first opinion veterinary team. Radiographs and case records from 2006 and 2014 were reviewed. The cohort was divided into non-surgical, i.e. intraarticular medication, or surgical, i.e. arthroscopic fragment removal, groups. Epidemiological data such as age, sex, lameness grade, flexion test response, fragment size and number, alongside the presence of any concurrent or future pathology within the joint after treatment, were all included in the study. The date of last clinical involvement from the practice, last race and reason for retirement was subsequently noted to provide a long-term follow-up. Horses were categorised as having returned to race based on a review of the online racing records in December 2017, three years after the end of the 2014 sample cutoff. Retrospective comparisons were then made between the two groups using Man Whitney U chi-squared or Fisher's exact contingency table statistical analysis. With regards to epidemiology, the median age for fractures to occur was two years of age, with no sex predilection. 94% of chip fractures occurred in the forelimbs, with a near even distribution between left or right sided injuries. 70% of horses had a mild lameness grade of less than or equal to 2 out of 5, 
with only 45% of horses showing a positive response to a flexion test. 68% of cases included had the highly sensitive flex lateral medial radiograph taken, which was higher than previous publications and is important in the detection of more serious concurrent pathologies. Of the 98 horses in the study, 71% were managed conservatively and 28% underwent surgical arthroscopy, with the latter being a relatively small size of just 28 horses. Conservative treatment usually involved intra-articular triamcinolone injection, 64% of all cases. However, methylprednisolone, dexamethasone, autologous condition serum and stanozolol were all reported as treatment modalities. Lameness grade and flexion test response did not significantly alter clinicians' decision-making. However, the presence of medium to large fragments, as well as multiple fragments within the joint, meant surgical exploration was more likely to be offered. Since there is substantial evidence that these factors do not alter subsequent racing performance or severity of intra-articular pathology, this decision-making was put down to significant clinician bias in believing that these cases had the most severe intra-articular pathology. When followed up, the authors interestingly found that horses managed surgically were significantly more likely to have ongoing problems within the affected joint compared to conservatively managed horses. Radiographic re-examination at varying times in the follow-up period was available in the records of 44% of these horses. 46.6% had developed radiographically apparent changes of osteoarthritis, with the vast majority, i.e. 92.9%, having had surgical investigation. These findings went against the current consensus, where non-surgically managed cases would be expected to require more intensive management to maintain soundness due to the persistence of intraarticular inflammation. This was further backed up by the fact that no significant difference could be found in the number of intraarticular medications needed to maintain soundness between the two groups of horses. After reviewing racing records, it was found that most horses had raced prior to being diagnosed. However, no significant difference was shown between the two groups, with 75% returning after conservative management and 85% after surgical exploration. This was similar to success rates in previous publications of between 73 to 89% for surgical management. Of those that did not race again, other factors unrelated to osteochondral chip fracture were likely to have caused this decision. Fragment size and the number of fragments also did not alter this finding. However, Non-surgically managed horses had a significantly shorter rehabilitation time of median 106 days compared to 203 days. Many surgical decisions are delayed until the end of the season, which may complicate these findings. However, the median time from diagnosis to surgery was only 15 days. Current recommendations state that conservatively managed horses should be given more rest than surgically managed ones, and so these findings clearly contradict this view. No long-term data was available as to whether these horses remained sound and injury-free after they left racing, and so these comparative success rates must not be extrapolated into a proof of overall long-term athletic soundness. It is also difficult to accurately quantify athletic soundness in retrospective studies like this. However, this is a general problem with all of the studies that look into this condition's management. Multicentric randomised positive control studies, such as those utilising the osteochondral fragment model of osteoarthritis, 
may provide stronger evidence. However, these can be difficult to carry out practically in the racing industry. So to conclude, in this paper, the authors have provided the first quantified analysis of the success of intra-articular medication in managing dorsal osteochondral fetlock chip fractures in racehorses. No evidence could be found that intra-articular medication increased the risk of these horses developing orthopaedic problems during the study's follow-up period. Furthermore, the reduced time to race noted following non-surgical management compared with surgical management could reduce wastage in the economically important two to three-year-old seasons. Due to the similar success rates, the general consensus that arthroscopic removal of these fragments is the gold standard treatment approach should be reviewed. Decisions should be guided primarily by individual circumstances and clinical judgment. That concludes the review of this study, and many thanks for listening to this edition of the Equine Veterinary Journal's On the Hoof podcast. We look forward to welcoming you back soon when we review another of the journal's early access articles. Thank you for listening to this Equine Veterinary Journal podcast. More on the subjects discussed can be found online at wileyonlinelibrary.com forward slash journal forward slash EVJ.